Every day you wake up to something new Whether that be a challenge or a new opportunity And let me tell you, that's a great thing Now you gon' have some battles You'll get your wins and you'll have your losses But no matter the outcome, there's always light at the end of the tunnel Alright, let's go Grinding every day cause I gotta get it Wake up from my dream cause I'm trying to live it Make my own lane, don't care if I fit in If I want something I do it, no I'm never quitting now Honor my path, reaching my goals no matter how Bring on the wrath, promise ain't nothing gon' knock me down Tell me can you feel the vibe yet? This the encouraged mindset Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Encourage Mindset. I'm your host, Ethan Vandehei, and alongside me today, I have Matt Labrie, and we'll be discussing mindset, encouraging others, and building confidence. But first off, we want to get to know our guest. Matt, welcome to the show, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Ethan, man, first and foremost, I just want to express my gratitude for the opportunity. Thank you for reaching out and sharing your platform. I Need to make that said before going into anything. I definitely appreciate this. But for everyone tuned in, my name is Matt Labrie, a born and raised New Yorker who just inevitably caught the hustler spirit that fills the hometown streets here in New York City. Previously worked with Damon John of Shark Tank for numerous years before venturing off, starting my own podcast called Decoding Success and my branding agency, 1B Branding. And uh, I'm here to be of value. So thank you again, Ethan. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Yeah, absolutely. So Let's dive into a little bit about your life. And my first question I love to ask is, are you currently happy? (laughs) That's a great question. It depends on the day. Being happy every day, is it achievable? Some might say yes, some might say no. For me, it's been a process and it's been a journey. I'm in my 20s still, and I'm sure you are as well. I don't know what your your typical audience member, where they are in that spectrum, but I think everyone's life, uh, their journey is different. And there's a process of figuring things out. And to say that we have everything figured out at all the time, all the time, or we ever will, it's a constant game of continuously learning and growing and developing, healing, getting, removing the masks, removing the layers that society and culture and our parents and our conditioning and all of that puts on top of us. So ultimately to answer your question in short, I would have to say it depends on the day. That's good. I think that's the answer most people have, but that's awesome to hear that you are striving for success and you are trying to be happy every day. So that's awesome. But on this podcast, we are really trying to develop and motivate other people. So what are some things that you've done throughout your life that have really strived to motivate you, but you can also see others taking some of those tips and advice to motivate themselves? Yeah, I think ultimately is just the continuously trekking forwardness. And what I mean by that is, and I I motivate myself when I look back at this. And oftentimes people will look back at their highlights. But what I do is I also look at my failures. And the reason I do that is because my failures played a massive role in who I am today. So for instance, I'll give you some examples. I failed out of college. But on the flip side of failing out of college, I also ended up graduating with Dean's List Honors. And when I started getting my shit together, and I apologize if I can't curse here, but when I started getting my stuff together in college, 
it also yielded me an opportunity to meet Damon John of Shark Tank on my college campus, which turned into an internship, then into a job, now into a great relationship with not only him, but the people that work with him. So like that failure also led to me getting a, a major success in my life. And that has not only motivated me, but a lot of the people around me, whether that be through spoken word like this or people just that are close to me seeing my journey, ultimately adopting the mindset of understanding that your failures in life aren't bad, like they're necessary. It's important to fail. You should fail. I'm not telling you to start something today with the goal of failing, but be open to that. And adopting that mindset is motivating to people because it makes them feel more human. Because what we're seeing on social media day in and day out is the complete opposite. It's like me holding up the trophy all the time. When I'm guilty of that, I'm a little ashamed sometimes when I still fail. It's a learning process. So we're trying to develop this. But at the end of the day, man, that's what it really comes down to. It's one of the most motivating things that I've ever experienced is looking back not only on my successes, but my failures and also seeing other people doing that to get to feel like they're a part of something, to feel like there's a community, not of failures, but just being a human being. Yeah. So you're talking about failures right there. And I think I don't know if this is how you fail, but sometimes I fail because I continually do the same thing over and over wrong. So do you have a piece of advice about beginning, changing that habit or starting fresh to make sure you're not failing because you've learned so many times from that failure? What would that kind of be? Yeah, that's a great point. And I've been there too, Ethan. A lesson in your life will continuously pop up until you, that's just, and it, it's going to come to you in different ways. It might not be the same way every single time, but until you finally get the lesson, it's going to keep showing up. So for me, what I personally do, and I'm still not the best at this. I'm coming on here very vulnerable and transparent. I'm still a work in progress. Like I still have a lot to learn, a lot to do in life. But one thing that I like to do is write down what the experience was in my life. What did I do? How did I react to it? What could I have done better? What shouldn't I have done? What should I have done? So on and so forth. And being able to look at what should have been the lesson there, what could have been the lesson there, and just keeping note of that. And it sounds silly, but literally just writing it down really works for me. And then even beyond that, right, something, and this is a much deeper topic, but understanding what your patterns are through like therapy or people think therapy is the worst thing in the world. In fact, if you want to be successful, I actually highly suggest it because knowing yourself on that deep of a level will drastically improve your chances of achieving what you want in life. And what I mean by that is knowing what your patterns are, knowing what your habits are, knowing why you fall into them. So for instance, if I, I'm 200 pounds, I just got out of the gym right now. If I get down to like a goal weight, this is just a random example of 190 pounds, I'm ripped, I'm looking great, my bench is up, my squat's up, I'm doing great. And then all of a sudden I hit that mark, I hit that goal, and then I go grab a bottle of wine every single night until I'm back to 200 pounds. I just self-sabotaged. So understanding that pattern through a form of therapy, and that could be a self-esteem thing, right? The, the list goes on of what it can be, but that's exactly what I do. I uncover myself as much as I possibly can through that modality. And on top of that, I keep a journal of um, what the lesson might be and turn back to it if I see a pattern of some sort of lesson or experiencing popping back up in my life. Yeah, you just talked about journaling right there. Are you an everyday journaler or what do you do for that? 
Yeah, I'm a one I need it journaler. If I'm going through something, which I was in the beginning of this year for like the first three months from January to March, I was really going through it, man. I was in a bad place and I found myself picking up my journal specifically before bed. I found it to be a great release before bed and I would just write, hey, what the hell am I experiencing? Why am I experiencing this? Why am I so scared? Why am I fearful of what I'm experiencing? Yeah, man, it really comes down to uh, when I need it type of thing. And there's other outlets that are very similar to journaling. I think journaling is great overall. But again, if you have people to talk to, if you have friends, family, a therapist, a coach, an outlet like this on a podcast where you're able to speak and just get it out and not have it bottled up, I think that's powerful. So uh, journaling is great, but I also think the spoken word is equally as powerful. Yeah, I love that. What do you do? Because obviously technology is crazy these days. And you mentioned journaling and journaling is one way to escape from the technology app in your phone world. But do you recommend maybe checking out an app like Calm or something like that, where it could really give you one of those relaxations and maybe meditations and way to solve yourself? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, I definitely get it. I definitely have those apps on my phone. I subscribe to Calm yearly insight timer, all of them. I, I've been there and I've done that with them. And I think they're great. If Everyone has their own thing. When that might work for some people, it might not. One thing that I truly love is flotation therapy, which is, it's expensive, but it's freaking worth it. Essentially, you lay in a tub. It's an actual tub. It's not like a bathtub. It's bigger than that. I'm six foot five. I, I'm not fitting in any bathtub unless it's like custom for Shaq. But it's a tub filled with water, probably about a foot, and there's over one ton of Epsom salt in that water. So you actually you stay afloat. So that's why they call it flotation therapy. And what it does is resemble you being back in your mother's like belly. Like that's where it's supposed to bring you back to. Like that's the meaning behind it. And what it helps you do is totally relax. So I do what's called sensory deprivation. There's no sight, no smell, nothing to hear. The only thing you hear is your breath. And the only thing you smell is the salt water. And you barely smell that. So you're totally deprived of all of your senses. And that is my absolute best way of disconnecting because it just totally pulls you out of real time. And all you sit there and do is you're just with your thoughts, right? And I've had the most incredible experiences while floating, which uh, some people can get while meditating from a calm app. I personally don't. So that's why I prefer floating. And that's why I'm talking about it. But you're able to think of the most wild things. You'll think of memories you haven't thought of since you're a kid. I, I remember something in second grade. I stuck a crayon up my nose and my mom didn't believe me until I blew it out. And she was like, holy shit, was that really up your nose? That came back to me while I was floating. Like that doesn't happen to me while I'm sitting at my desk or using the Calm app. So that's my go-to personally. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to check that out because that actually seems pretty cool. So interesting to hear, but I want to switch gears from that answer and ask you, how do you sustain self-motivation when you suffer a setback toward your goals? Another great question. The answer is I don't always, right? Sometimes you have to, for me at least, sometimes I have to sulk in my loss. Sometimes I need to sulk in that setback. And I've had many setbacks, trust me. Uh, I gave you one when I failed out of college. Like For me personally, I realized that it takes me some time to bounce back from a setback. And that's okay. Everyone's on their own journey. Some people aren't going to hit their goals every year. There's so many things that are on my vision board, so many things that are on my goal list that I don't hit. 
uh, and that's okay. You got to re, you know, got to be able to recalibrate. For me personally, like I said, it takes me some time to to bounce back from a setback. I remember there was a setback that I that had happened to me probably in 2017 that I still haven't bounced back from. Like I'm in the process of still bouncing back. And it goes back to one of your first questions in regards to learning the lessons. There were a lot of lessons, deeper lessons embedded within that one setback that I needed to learn. And I just wasn't grasping. And like I said, everyone's on their own course. But what I can say is this, right? And I'm going to give you something that I didn't make up. This is from an individual named John Gordon, an incredible author. He's a podcast host. He speaks all around the world. Really great guy. I learned this from his book called The Energy Bus. And in that book, he has an equation. Now, I suck at math, so I don't want anyone to think that it's a mathematical equation. But in a sense, it is. The equation is E plus P equals O. And what that stands for is events plus perspective equals the outcome. Now, we can't control every single event that happens in our life. It's just impossible. Like people will say, oh, you can manifest. You could do, you just, you can't control everything, right? Like you could be driving on the highway and the next thing you know, you get in an accident. God forbid, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But it's really not necessarily something that you can control to the fullest extent. There's other people in this world. But the one thing we can control is how we perceive them. So when you do go through a setback, when, you know, something doesn't go your way, when you do miss a goal, when you mess up, whatever it is, you can really help determine the outcome of that by changing your perspective to it. So I'll leave people with that because that's been something that's been ingrained in me. In fact, I would even love to get that tattooed on me just like to have as a reminder all the time. Uh, because I think that's really powerful, especially when it comes to bouncing back from setbacks and just realizing like, hey, all it really takes is a perspective shift. Yeah, that is really cool. So it was E plus P equals O. P equals O. Yeah, man. Man, that's awesome. I'll have to, I'll have to write that down myself and make sure I start utilizing that because I think a lot of times, like you said, something happens wrong and you don't act the way that you think later on how you should have reacted. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. Keep that in the thought. Check out that book too, Energy Bus. Listen, I get nothing for sharing that book. It's honestly, I, I just put out a post on Instagram the other day. That's my one of my top 11 books ever. It's it's a super fun read. It's it's chill. It's not like uh, do this to make your life better. It's actually a story and it's, it's a, like a fable. So like it's uh, it's fiction, but the lessons that are embedded in it are, are like monkey proof. Like it's so easy to grasp. So I highly suggest that book. Yeah, I got to say, I'm really into the fables because the first book I was ever like told to go read, it was The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John Mann. And I'm not the biggest reader, but yet this wasn't the longest book. It was like about 110 pages. And I sat down, I opened up the book and I read it and maybe about, I would say maybe an hour. I'm pretty much a slow reader, but it, I just couldn't set it down. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm not even that big of a reader. This is just awesome that these stories just get me drawn in to keep going to the next page and the next page. So yes, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, man, that that's awesome. And you sound like a very quick reader. If you're pounding out a book that's 100 pages in, in an hour, that's good, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> the font is pretty big on that book. So I'm not going to take credit for being a quick reader. But so Matt, another question I have for you is what's a habit maybe you have or you want to tell other people requiring the least effort 
but it makes the greatest difference. The least effort, it makes the greatest difference. Taking care of what you put in your body. Seriously, I'm 29 years old. I've been an athlete my entire life. And I love pizza. I'm from New York. I love ice cream and all of that stuff. But dude, I'm going to tell you, and I don't want to sound old by saying this, but what you put in your body is what you become. So if you're just constantly not fueling yourself with stuff that provides you with like great nutrients you're gonna you're gonna become that like your food like your cells dude so i actually just did this thing and i'll probably even retract that answer and go a little bit wider here my best habit that takes the least amount of effort but gives you the most results is taking care of yourself on all fronts. What I, I actually just did this thing. It's called Viome. It's an at-home test. It's actually not approved in New York yet. So I had to send it to New Jersey and then get it from New Jersey. But it's an at-home test. They draw your blood and you give a stool sample. And they literally give you food recommendations based off of you personally. Because, Ethan, you and I are different, right? Your blood and my blood are different. Your cells and my cells are different. Like, doing things like that. It doesn't take much to actually do like it doesn't take much to eat kale and grilled chicken versus a hamburger with cheese and a bun like they're there. And yeah, I get it. Yeah, sure. You can run to McDonald's. You can run to Wendy's. I understand that. But knowing the output of that is such a difference. And that goes on all fronts, right? I know I'm by no means am I a nutritionist or anything like that. I'm not trying to promote anything here, but what you put into your body on all levels, right? Meaning the amount of sleep you get, the amount of time you spend exercising. And I'm not talking about pushing weight. Go for a run, go for a walk, take your dog out on a hike or something like that. What you put into your body is what your body puts out. And that right there is something that I personally need to take more into consideration, but it's something that I'm trying to build up. So that's the first thing that came to my mind. Matt, what is that company that you're going through New Jersey with for the blood testing? It's called Viome. It's by an individual named Naveen Jain. He's a highly successful entrepreneur. He's probably a multi-billionaire, to be honest. And the whole purpose of their organization is to help eradicate disease because he believes that disease doesn't have to happen. Now, there's a chance, of course, like we can't control every single thing. We can do our best, but he wants to eradicate disease. So what does he do? He His company sends you a at home test, they'll draw it. You have to do it. Luckily, my sister's a medical professional. You prick your finger and you get like a vial of blood and you get a stool sample, a very small sample of each. You send it into their lab. They give you all the material to do this too, like all drawing materials, like everything you need, they give you. And then you send it into their lab. You wait however long. I think I waited two weeks. And what they'll do is they'll tell you the health of your inside. So I'm 29 years old, but from this test, there's actually an app as well. From this test, I'm actually 23 years old on the inside. So people would say that I'm healthy, but at the same time, there were a lot of things that I needed to improve. So for instance, the stress response of my cells was very good. Like my cells can handle stress, but my, my mitochondrial health was very poor. So to help that, what they'll do is they'll provide you with superfood recommendations foods to avoid and minimize, and then foods that you could just have with no harm to your system. Now, this obviously differs from person to person. 
And on top of that, they'll send you supplements, prebiotic, probiotic, and multivitamin based on the findings. And they say you should do the test every six months because obviously you're going to improve and you're going to change. So uh, it's just something I did, something that I'm messing around with and a silly example of something that takes no effort and it's just minimal change that could really, you could see a drastic output, a, a positive one, I should say. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. I'll have to see if Wisconsin has anything like that similar or maybe final is in Wisconsin. But anyways, Matt, you said you're also a fellow pol- uh, podcaster. Why don't you give your give yourself some hype? Maybe our audience wants to check out your podcast as well. So the floor is yours. I appreciate that, man. I first, let me say this. I, I never wanted a podcast. And I, I say that because at the time I was working with Damon John of Shark Tank. It was my first job out of college. Dude, people think Damon John, massive company. It's not the truth. We were a very small consulting group that was probably about, I don't know, in office per day, maybe 20 people or less. Like there was less than 30 employees and there was a lot of work on my plate to say the least, but an intern at the time, his name is Matt as well. Great guy. He was like, dude, you need a podcast. You need a podcast. I'm like, bro, shut up. Like you, I I don't have time for this. Like, why do you keep bugging me about this? So eventually when I had left my job with Damon, December 4th of 2018, I launched my podcast called Decoding Success. The reason I launched it was for two things. Number one was because I didn't know what I was going to do after I left my job. I said to myself, I just worked with Damon for three years. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have all this time. Now let me start a podcast. So I told the world that I was going to launch it on this date, December 4th, 2018, and I did. Second reason I, I launched the podcast was because I was with Damon every single day for three years, pretty much. And I had direct men- mentorship from him. Like literally every day I was with him, we would go out to eat, we would go out for drinks, we would work together and we would travel together. We would be in taxis and cabs and like just going from place to place. And I lost that. I didn't have it every day. And I said to myself, well, how can I replicate that? And it came through this podcast. I said to myself, I'm going to host individuals that I want to speak to and I want mentorship from that I wouldn't be able to speak to on this level if I didn't have this show. Now, those individuals have included Grant Cardone, Dean Graciosi, Mel Robbins, Gabby Bernstein, Patrick David Meltz. Numerous times I've hosted these people, too, not just once. Like, we're literally up to almost 250 episodes. We've been doing this for three-plus years now. Our show is ranked in the top 1% of all podcasts. We have super deep conversations that people don't necessarily have with these individuals. You don't necessarily hear Patrick David talking about what was happening in his life when he was experiencing anxiety and panic, like what was going through his mind. Like We go really deep with these people. And personally, I absolutely love it. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be able to amplify their messages and make an impact in the process because we literally get emails and messages and DMs and all of that stuff every single week saying, wow, you really helped me change my life. Or I really appreciate you talking about this because I'm, I'm going through this right now. So there's nothing better than that. And I, Ethan, I appreciate you for allowing me to be able to share this with your audience right now because decoding success is my baby. Like that's the way I look at it. I, I get emotional even talking about it because to think that for three years we've been able to be that consistent and be able to build it up to what it is. Like it's a really beautiful thing. And regardless of all the setbacks and all the failures, even with the show, man, I hear no all the time, but we're rocking and we're rolling and I appreciate it. So thank you for letting me share that. Yeah, that's awesome, Matt, to hear that your podcast is doing well. And from a fellow podcaster, 
I'll always support other podcasts. I think that's what the whole podcast community is all about, supporting one another and making sure every voice is heard or other people maybe want to try something else out. So that's awesome. But Matt, is there any other final words or encouraging messages you want to leave our audience with today? So typically when I get asked that question, Ethan, I use that whole E plus P equals O thing. Let me think for a second. Let me see what comes to mind. Final words. Okay, this came to mind. We talked about this very briefly. I had mentioned it. One thing that I've experienced in my life is the desire to fit. And what do I mean by that? I, I live in New York City. To fit in New York City or to fit in probably in any major city or, or honestly anywhere, oftentimes what, comes, what it comes down to is what you're on social media. And let me give you an example. I felt like I wasn't going to be successful if I didn't own a business. I literally thought that. I was working with Damon John of Shark Tank, and I still thought that. Like, people would ask me, how did you get that opportunity? And it's not to say that I didn't value my experience, but I was comparing myself to other people. And I was like, man, I'm 25 at the time, 26, 27. I'm like, man, if I don't start this business or if I don't do these big things, and I'm never going to do them. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. The message that I'm trying to convey here is the journey is more about finding who you are at your true essence. And I know that's deep, but who you are at your true essence versus trying to fit in. Because we are all the most unique individuals. In fact, one of the most famous doctors in the world had said, there's no one in the world you were than you. That doctor was Dr. Seuss, by the way. But he had a point. There's no one in the world that's Ethan. There's no one in the world that's like Matt. Yeah, sure. Do we have similarities? Absolutely. But it's our job to continuously uncover who we are versus trying to become someone we're not just to fit the status quo of culture and just to fit fit in right with certain groups. Our job is actually the complete opposite. Our job is to find out who we are and that alone will attract the people that we need in our life. And I want to leave people with that because I feel like you have a younger audience, Ethan. And if I learned that earlier, I would have saved myself a whole lot of money. I would have saved myself a lot of pain and anxiety and all of that shit that you don't want to feel. So that's my last message is to stop chasing the desire to fit in and more so chase who you truly are, your core essence. Perfect. Thank you, Matt, for coming on to the show. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate this conversation and let's stay in touch. Absolutely, man. I appreciate the opportunity. So thank you again. What you're doing with the show is incredible and uh, I'm happy to be here. Grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Yeah, grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Yeah, grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Wanna make it happen? Well, it all starts with you. Start with flipping the mentality, making visions reality. Screw all the practicality, wasn't meant for normality. Time to unlike the beast, so bring out all of your savagery. All in every day, how it has to be.